Welcome to Good Looking Out, episode 30, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. Santos. My man. In the house. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> What's going on? Nothing, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, it has been a while. You've been traveling a lot. And oh, yeah. Like, we don't even... Yeah, I don't even see your face. Like, I haven't even had a conversation with you. And it's funny, like... <laughs> It's almost like sometimes I'll see you in the rare occasion I do see you like in passing. I'm like, oh, I gotta, t- I gotta say, and then I'm like, oh, fuck, no, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and tell him <laughs> on the podcast. Actually, the other day I brought something up and you're like, no, fuck you. I'm not gonna, we're, we're gonna, we'll <laughs> right. talk about that later. So it's funny. It, like, was, it was Kung Fu Noodle. It was Kung Fu Noodle. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So it's like a bunch of, Pent up conversation. That's right. Waiting yeah, to we be got a lot movie. of shit to talk about. We got waves coming at the microphone. Yeah, yeah. Something like a like what? 120 minutes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's settle in, people. Yeah. This is we're me, gonna... you, and Dave Kendall. 120 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Is that who, Dave Kendall? Yeah, Dave Kendall. That was. I loved that show. I, did, yeah. I didn't know that was his name. I forgot. Oh that yeah, was his Dave name. Kendall. What the fuck's wrong with me? 120 minutes is great. I'm. Dave Kendall. Oh, yeah. Here's a new one from Susie <laughs> and the Munchies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I forgot his name. Yeah. yeah. No shit. That was. I think, unlike Headbangers Ball, which had like a couple different hosts, like they had Ricky, Ricky Rackman. Rick, Ricky Rackman. Rackman. And then they had someone else afterwards. UOMTV Raps maybe had. Did they just have those two original guys or did they have other people? Um, I, I don't remember. I think it was just those two original guys for a long time. That was that show was killer. Yeah, it was so good. It was a little too bleeding edge for me as like a young, like kind of rural suburbia white kid. I would, I, yeah. I felt like I was, I was on the outside looking in. Yeah, for sure. Whereas for 100, sure. 120 minutes and like I used to watch 120 minutes for like the one or two punk rock videos. I, y- yeah, and then. Kind of get into some of the other stuff as well. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Same here. Like, I mean, I was t- – uh, actually, I'll be true. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I was there just as much for the for the new wave. The new wave stuff. The new yeah. wave and, like, the the like – They were cool videos. Killer videos, man. That was, like, yeah. I mean, when we were in high school, they were, like – Showing Smith's videos and stuff like that. I remember so seeing Smith's rad. videos. On I do too. Hundred twenty minutes. Yeah. 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 God. Stone roses. Out. Stone roses. Yeah. That's actually how I got turned on to Stone Roses. It was one hundred twenty minutes. It was one hundred twenty minutes. Wow. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, I bet there are uh, ten other bands that I I probably heard for the first time on one hundred twenty minutes. Stone Roses. I remember for sure because I remember coming to college in um. You know, and being a part of like the college radio scene at our, you know, at our college radio station and seeing the Stone Roses um, album, the LP come up. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, no, Stone Roses, like, I, that's totally, I, I know all about them. I know. Right. Like, I felt, I was like, <laughs> like, because everybody else knew way more than I did. Right. And that was like, I remember seeing that Stone Roses record, the one, I don't remember the name of it, but it's like, it's like brown, it almost looks like a Jackson Pollock thing. And I was like, I was like, okay, maybe I maybe I am okay here. Maybe I am I, I am all right. Yeah. <laughs> I do belong, maybe. <laughs> so what the hell are we gonna talk about, man? So um 
Where do I, we start? I I have this thing that I just I feel like I'm bursting at the seams. I'm so excited to tell everyone about this. I'm like just telling everyone about this. Oh my god! Go. And I I have to give credit to Peter Lansky because he's the one who turned me onto this. Yes. So Marvel has an app, Marvel Comics. They have an app. It's called Marvel Unlimited. Have you heard about this? Um, I can't say I have. So. Uh, what it is, it's, it's their entire historical archive of comics. Stop. And you get access to every Marvel comic ever put out for a $70 annual fee. You're kidding me. So I've just been like reading them like crazy on the iPad. Are you serious? So like, yeah, everything. X-Men, all the original like Frank Miller Daredevil. I'm, uh, just last night I read all the Civil War stuff in preparation for the new um captain america civil war movie that's coming out may 6th yeah so um it's amazing i mean i can't think of like a better deal or a better value if you have an ipad and you have this app and you pay the 70 dollar thing you've got reading material for years and years if you're into comics so 70 dollars that's for me and granted i i don't do it nearly as often as i used to but 70 dollars is about one trip to the comic store that's exactly right. If if you go get you a know, bunch of like digest or graphic novels or something, you'll easily spend seventy bucks on one trip. One trip to the comic store, seventy bucks. I mean, of course, we all have gone double that easily right. when you. And the great thing about this is, like, I don't know. I I mean, I know that this is how it is at your house too, because you're we're both bursting at the seams with like. For me, it's like books and records and it's too much. other shit and too shoes, much. obviously. Yeah. As we sit in a room surrounded by shoes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, the last thing I need is to, kick, like, buy a bunch more comic books. Like, I just don't need the physical, more physical media. So, for me, this is great because with the iPad, like, on a trip, it has another great feature, which... When you're connected, you can just, like, read everything. You don't even have to download it, which is really nice. But it also has a feature, like, if you're hopping on a plane. Like, yesterday I was hopping on a plane. I grabbed all the Civil War issues. You can have up to 12 issues of something at a time offline in, like, an Mm. offline reading mode. Mm. And then when you're done, you just check all those back in, grab another 12. So Seriously? Yeah. It's really well done. Dude. So, from the very first... um, when the the very first iPad came out, like whenever that was, twenty five fucking years ago it feels like. But whenever the first iPad came out, Marvel had an app. Their comic app for me was the first thing that I was like, "Oh, I can see what the iPad can do." Yeah, it was one of the first killer apps on an iPad, no doubt. And um, and it still remains that way. I use it very rarely, um, to be to be honest. I have to assume that their back catalog has not been like adapted to that formula of like zooming panel in. by panel. Yeah, actually, I think they've spent a lot of time on it. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if on everyone you can, but most of the ones that I've looked at so far, plus the fucking art and the Civil War thing is just unbelievable. God um, damn it. You know, the, like not having having taken kind of a long gap where lately, like maybe, you know, I read Walking Dead and I read some like independent titles here and there. But like from, you know, the 80, late 80s and early 90s of being a high school kid, the fucking art has just it's so blow away now in the way that they're the things they're doing with panels and different features. And, you know, you have like 
this transparent thing where someone is shooting at Spider-Man and you see a, this transparent thing where he's flipping down the panel. It looks sort of like oh my God. almost Seriously? like a diagram or something, but it's so well done. It doesn't like interrupt the flow of the panel at all. It's just like really the, the amount of shit that people artistry that people have figured out, like combining computers and hand-drawn stuff and all that stuff. It's just stunning. You know, it's like so good. My kids, my the girls haven't seen this yet, but I know as soon as they see it because right now I buy physical graphic novels for the girls. Okay, like Scholastic has a lot of really good series for kids. Okay, uh, there's a series called series called Amulet that's great. There's another series called Zeta the Space Girl that's really amazing for little kids. Um, and so they're into graphic novels. Like, you know, I would say a quarter of their reading is probably maybe a little less graphic novels. If I bought it, they would read as many as I bought them. So I right. know as soon as they see this, they're going to be like, oh, like, I want that. Give oh, me that. I bet. Yeah. And you're probably just trying to monitor tablet time or screen time and just like a little bit. Yeah. Plus, I mean, some of this stuff is. You know, after I finish the Civil War stuff, I'm starting on all the Punisher stuff from the beginning. Oh, like that's nobody that. needs <laughs> to see not that. appropriate. No, no, uh, not at all. Well, God, that's a great tip, man. And and that's a that might be just the kind of kick in the pants I need to like because I I don't like I I am always I miss. I was just thinking this the other day. Like I miss so much. Like going to the comic store. Talking to, like, having that relationship, like, with the, you know, dude that works at the store and talking about what's new and, you know, what's happening with this and that. And, like, I miss that a lot. I I retain that at record shop. Yeah. But I don't have it at the comic shop and I miss it. And yep. I just feel like going in now, I would be like, you know, I'd spend $300 just being like, oh, I want this, I want this, I want this. And then I would never read it. And right. it would just pile up. Yep. That's you know? the problem I have too. Like I buy these big books and they just sit and sit forever. Yeah. The thing that's nice about this is they sort of um, they've done a really good job with this thing. So one of the things they're doing is um, it sort of emulates almost that like comic book store insider knowledge. Like they have curated lists and like things that like theme things that you can check out. And so it's like what could be a kind of like daunting amount of content is like broken down into like playlist sort of you know like here's the best here's like where to start with punisher here's like check oh out God. a best of frank miller you know and like different stuff Making like that very so, accessible yes um the one thing that i would say that's kind of clunky is the sign up so you have to go to marvel.com and sign up like sign up for your account first once you have the account then you're golden you just download the app the app is free you put that in it's right away what like within a second was like, Oh, you're an unlimited user. Like here's all the stuff. Just have it. Good God. That's, yeah. that's actually, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, for us, the reason why we do this podcast is we have a nearly insatiable desire for like really amazing content. Like I've rarely in the last few years, aside from like, netflix or something like that are you gonna get the, uh, like a similar deal where you just have like hair have unlimited amounts of really great stuff oh, yeah and that's i mean there that back catalog i mean for god's sake i mean it's marvel right yeah, i mean maybe one thing if like image or someone did that like one right. dark horse you know one of the independents like that would still be good oh, it'd be amazing. but to have marvel do it you know i know we're talking about like four or five decades of like that's right top tier comics yeah yeah god i would love to see somebody 
do the uh, backstory on the process of digitizing and, you know, yeah. just as a nerd, I'd like to, I'd love to see the process, you know. I well, mean, I'm, it's scan and, yeah. you know, whatever, but I'd still, you know, it's so, it's so cool. The other thing that's great is um, I, I, I love it when people you know, they do this because it's only just going to make it so that DC has to do it too. And as soon as DC does it, I'm going to set up for DC, whatever they're going to choose to call it. They're probably won't go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> DC forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then when dark horse and image do it, like, or oh. comicsology or someone does like groups, all the indies together, like I'll oh, sign up for that oh, one too. Yeah. Like I'll gladly pay. If it cost me $300 a year to get unlimited access to all the amazing comics I want, I would easily do that. Yeah. That's three trips to the comic store. Yep, for sure. Kind of like I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm very great at at doing math. That, right. <laughs> well, just like the Kindle. I mean, the amazing thing is like you have. It's like have. It would be like having an entire comic store like in your iPad in your backpack. Yeah. What the hell? It's <laughs> so crazy. Like I feel like checking this out. Or I yeah. I'm I'm such a great tip man. I'm. Uh, signing up for that immediately. Yeah, it's well worth it's it. It's so good. That's yeah. so good. Killer, good tip, man. Oh, you know, let me just mention real quick um, to just to see if you know about it as we're talking about comics. Um, Daniel Klaus has a new book out. Oh, really? No, I didn't know about this. Yeah, and he was actually at Majors and Quinn, which is our our neighborhood independent bookstore here, which is amazing in in uptown in Minneapolis. It's a killer bookstore. Um, and he was just there uh, a week ago. And um, I had a eye appointment. Like, I was t- a block away and was primed and ready to go. And it just shit ran late. And I and I missed the whole thing. I was bummed because I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah. Eight Ball was, yeah, like... Really good stuff, yeah. Oh, my God. I loved it. But um, it's his first graphic novel in some time. Like, uh, you know, certainly over five years. Um, and I believe it's called patience. I believe is the name of it. Um, patience, like, um, with a C with a C. Right. Okay. Um, I I could be wrong on that, but, um, I think that's the name of it. And, uh, anyway, that's kind of cool. If anybody's a Klaus fan, um, go check that out. I'm certainly going to grab that thing. I, I, it's painting me that I forgot the name of this. What was the one with, that they turned into a movie that had Steve Buscemi in it? Oh, Ghost World. Ghost World. Yeah, Ghost World. Yeah, it was a great adaptation. Yeah, it was. Really good. Um, yeah, because I, I remember 8-Ball I read as it came out and like I waited for the day it would come out and I would like call the comic store like I was 8-Ball was my jam. That and Hate um were my two comics that I was insane about. Um, and I remember in Ghost World, because 8-Ball was kind of, um, if you remember, like it had like different stories and it would have some off one that was not a series, then it would have like a Velvet Glove cast in iron. Right. And then it would have Ghost World. And at the time, 20, Jesus, yeah, years ago, um, Go, those girls were my contemporaries and they right. were like, you know, these are like indie girls. Of course. Hot. You were like, yeah. I'm if, like, oh if there was like a ghost God. world dating site, you would have signed up for oh, it. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh my God, these, are you serious? These girls, this is my 
dream. Like, I could not get enough of it. So when, like, the compendium came out of Ghost World, I was like, oh, my God, it's all in one place. I would just read it over and over again. Right. <laughs> when you were younger, what what kind of – did you read comics? Um, when I was a kid, I read a ton of comics. Um, like, when I was very young, like, I read a lot of Archie. Um, I, I read Archie all the time. Like, I, I – pr- I mean, I don't know. Archie's still – a new Archie comes out every week. Like, Archie is still – Archie's on Facebook now and, like, right. you know what I mean? T- probably – maybe not Tinder, but um, – <laughs> just swiping right yeah. on Veronica and yeah. um, <laughs> left on Betty. But um, he – I read a ton of Archie. Um, I read a lot of, uh, like, Tom and Jerry comics. Okay. Um, so when I was, re- I'm talking about right. like, yeah, like yeah. eight years, short pants, seven, eight years yeah. old, short pants. Yeah. And then after that, I got into, um, Spider-Man was my guy. Right. Okay. So I read Spider-Man Interesting. a lot. I had no outside influence to like, yeah. oh, you should check out this or that. So it was just like, I loved, like, I thought Spider-Man was the coolest guy. So I just read Spider-Man. You should check out when, as soon as you download this Marvel app, download all the civil war. It's only like a seven issue series or something like that. But Spider-Man in the civil war is in like a Tony Stark created Spidey suit. And it's get the fuck. It is cool. Oh my God. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. Will do. Oh my God. Super cool, man. This is, this is a great find. Well done, sir. This is what we're. This yeah. is exactly right in the crosshairs of what we're trying to find here. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Peter Lansky. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So, uh, what else you got? What What have you been watching? Um, I've been watching. Um, what the hell have I been watching, dude? I, I've been watching. Um, I haven't had a ton of screen time. I've been as. Uh, you know, uh, Mubi is my jam. Um, so I've been tuning into that a lot lately. They've been on a, a tear of killer, killer shit lately. So I've been watching a ton of like, you know, um, slow burn Sundance movies that are not for everybody, but right. I dig them. Um, they do, they, they tend to pair up like they'll, they'll, group movies together. So I just watched like a trio of Brazilian crime movies that were so killer. Oh, that sounds awesome. Oh dude, they were what? so cool. I, God, I'm terrible. I wish I had notes here. Um, fuck. I can't believe I don't have this written down. Um, uh, one of them was so great. It was a, it was like, as soon as I read the, the synopsis, I was like, Jesus, I hit play immediately and was riveted. It's, uh, it was this film, um, hopefully the name will come to me here in a minute. Um, but this film about a prison riot that's in progress, like you, you join, um, like the mid riot, mid riot. Wow. We open mid riot. Um, and you're seeing the head screw dealing with what's going down. He's like, fuck, here we go again. Cause it's Brazil and prisons are a mess. <laughs> yeah. Right. So he's like, and then you kind of through the credit sequence, you see him like going home, you see his marriage dissolve kids, you know, the mess that just comes along with a lot of our favorite characters in crime. For um, sure. And then this, um, the other super interesting take is that his um, alter, um, like the, the other main character in the film 
is a um he's an ethics professor and he um he is the one that comes in to quell the riot and they bring him in and he knows like the head like gang leaders in the mm. prison and they swap off and then there's like it's the vi- like the the action sequences are done extremely well um it's bloody and it's it's violent it's not gratuitous it's it it's like it's riveting it was huh. so good sounds great it's like 3 4 years old um so wow. killer they they paired that with um uh city of god which right yeah i mean awesome Jesus. I mean, I hadn't seen it in years. And I mean, that thing, you want to talk about a movie that holds up like that thing is beautiful. So for those uh, people who didn't catch early on, when you talked about this site, explain, tell us the name of the site and explain how it works again. Mubi, M-U-B-I.com. It's been around for probably seven or seven or so years now. Um, it, um, it started as a digital property for the criterion Janus family. Okay. Um, where it's grown from now, I can't say exactly how they, cause they, they've now grown way past that catalog. Right. Um, and they had originally had like a big social component as well, where you could build a, um, you know, a social profile, meet other people that like movies like you. I was super mm. into that. Right. Um, it kind of died down and now it's actually come back again. So the social aspect of it is killer. Huh. But anyway, this is a, uh, it's a streaming service. It is cheap. It's $6 a month and they post a new movie every day and the movie stays for 30 days. So it just cycles through movies. So every 30 days you've got access to 30 or so films. Yep, exactly. So it, the movie the film of the day today is for 6 knife, bucks. That, knife in the Water. Right. For 6 bucks that feels like a really good deal. You see films, they they have films that you cannot get anywhere else. So um I can't pronounce the director's name. He's this Polish director. It's this super long Begins with a Z, ends with an I. I am sorry. I never knew about him. But he has this film called Possession, which is this super twisted sci-fi horror thriller, like cross-genre, like mind bender. It's this insane movie. Um, and and it, you, the movie is unavailable anywhere else. And I was reading like comments and they're like, holy shit, I can't believe you got this on your on your service. I've been waiting to see this film forever, and I watched it, and it's brutal. <laughs> I, I kind of like it's almost unwatchable. Wow. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Like brutal because of the content, or brutal because of the filmmaking. It, well, the filmmaking's amazing. Okay. Um, it's just like you got. I just wasn't in the right mindset. Like this is so out. Like it's a it, it's a possession movie. A, a woman gets possessed by an evil spirit, but this evil spirit lives in an apartment in Berlin and it's manifested in this amazing monster that lives in this bedroom that is like this octopus, like guts out gnarly, gnarly thing. And this super hot woman that's married to our hero, um, 
is possessed by him. And so she goes to this apartment all the time and makes love with the monster. And there's graphic scenes of that. And <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And she like, and, and then it just gets gnarly when she comes home and just like, doesn't give a shit about the kids. And she's just like super mean to the kids and her husband's falling apart. And then there's like, there's so much stuff happening. It's like, it's really long and huh. it's the soundtracks like really hard to live. It's not an easy movie. Wow. Um, but it's one of those ones where you're like, okay, yeah, this is one in a million. And, you know, just to have the opportunity to see it, you're like, I, there's nowhere else in the world you can see this movie. Right. So I've, I will continue to say it is the best streaming service in the world. Hmm. MUBI.com. Um, cause there's other stuff on there, like, you know, Pulp Fiction's on there right now. You know what I mean? Wow. And they're all over the place. Did you see the Amazon is doing that, um, Coen Brothers retrospective right now? They've got all the like Coen Brothers films streaming for free on Prime. No way. Yeah. It's like the anniversary of Fargo and Very in, cool. in honor of the anniversary of Fargo, it's like the 20th or maybe even 30th. Yeah. I'll be honest, man. Like I got to get... Amazon in my rotation because it doesn't, I, I use, uh, Apple TV and so here's the, here's the thing I got to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, Apple TV, like the reason why I didn't go with Apple TV and I went with, um, well first the Amazon fire, the search, the voice search on it is so awesome. And you That's can, what everybody you can says. add Netflix, you can add all this other stuff. So unlike the Apple TV where you're pretty much just locked into the iTunes shit, you um, have access to much more services. Well, Amazon has started doing this thing now where they have 15 or so other premium content services you can get through the Amazon interface. So, for example, your Sundance documentary. Your, yes. For seven bucks a month, you can now get you were that, telling me that through Amazon. And their interface online. Like the website, if you just go to the website, the website is shit. It's like terrible to access content because you're basically in the Amazon store. Online, they just have like a really nice Netflix-like super streamlined interface for accessing um, all of the movie and TV show content. It knows immediately like the shows you're watching and all that kind of stuff. So I um, access the Amazon um, interface through the PS4. Yeah. Um, I was using the Amazon Fire, which is like really cheap. You can get like a Fire Stick, I think, for like forty bucks or whatever. It, it, competitor to Chromecast. Yeah, competitor to Chromecast. I don't think it has the voice search, but if you get the little set top box, which has like really good like HDMI out and um, optical audio outs, if like you're using an and like a more like a home theater amplifier that doesn't have HDMI processing or something like that. Um, and really. The voice search is awesome. It has all these different services. You get Netflix, you get HBO Go, you get all that kind of stuff. And I know Apple TV does HBO now or whatever. Now, yes, right? it does. Yeah. Yep. So, but I just still felt like whenever possible, I try to avoid iTunes buying content. Like if I buy a season of a TV show, sometimes I buy it on iTunes, but like it's better to buy it on Amazon because... On Amazon, I can watch it on a Mac. I can watch it on my PC. I can watch it here on an iPad because the Amazon Video app for iPads is really good. So, like with Amazon, I can kind of watch it anywhere. And because I don't have an Apple TV, like I can't. If the girls want to watch it, like on the big TV, I can't watch it. So, like Amazon is the most device agnostic 
way for me to purchase content. Okay. And it's, it, for my infrastructure, it just like works, flows the best. That I just the, started just like digging into it recently, and I was actually super impressed with like the the quality and the amount of stuff that you get with a Prime membership. Yeah, it's pretty astonishing, actually. It's tons, I mean tons of seasons of TV shows and stuff, and tons of really good movies that you cannot that are not available on Netflix. Hmm. And um, you wait, you don't have a Prime membership? Oh no, of course I okay. do. Yeah, yeah, you just don't have. I, it, I just Amazon's not a part of my scene. Like huh. as far as video watching, like I have the app and I have like on my on the iPad and I check it out. And the only way for me to do it is to AirPlay. Right. That's a, joke like it falls apart every yeah. 20 minutes the can't watch my goddamn uh, yeah I have, to, I have to say if the only way you're experiencing amazon prime content is through the web browser i can understand why people would just give up after two minutes because the experience is so terrible it's yeah. like having to like you i'm i was been watching this show on there that's like a cinemax series called banshee uh-huh it's just okay it's like it's pretty entertaining. It's like this kind of hyperbolic show about this ex-criminal who goes through this town and sort of ends up kind of taking the role uh, through happenstance of like being the sheriff in this town. So he's like on the run from these like Ukrainian mobsters, but he's like kind of this sheriff in this town. And there's this like Amish crime lord that's kind of a really ex-Amish. He's been uh, excommunicated from the Amish community. Sounds really good. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's good. It's like kind of hyperbolic in this way that like turns me off a little bit, but at the same time also makes it sort of like entertaining. You know, it's like, you know, in the same way that kill bill is hyperbolic, you know? Okay. Um, Gotcha. I follow you. Yeah. And, uh, that is on, so I've been watching that on Amazon because there's like three seasons free on Amazon or something, which is, wow. like you said, it's just astonishing once you start that's to dig in nuts. the amount of shit that's on there. And every time I go to watch it, it like won't remember that I'm watching. Like I've now watched, I just watched a full season. I watched like 13 episodes of this thing. And when I hit the Amazon homepage, it doesn't remember that I watched this show because that's not sake. their priority. Their priority is it's a marketplace. So right. I have to every time search banshee season one and there's something like a watch list or whatever but i don't think that works very well so I hit banshee season one amazon prime boom and like once you're you gotta it, remember once you're, once you're in it I, so i have to say once you're in the content they have this amazing thing where anytime that there's a scene happening if you scroll if you push the mouse there's a little sidebar on the screen that tells you what actor is in that scene for every single scene in okay. real time through the whole thing i just noticed that myself the other day it does it on the iPad because I was yeah. watching again Downton Abbey, right? Um, and and I was like, and I did it by accident, and I was like, wait a minute, holy shit! It, well, it's the X-ray feature that yeah. kin- that the Kindle uses, it, or or it's it's a facsimile, right? Or, uh, and they even have music, like the song that's playing. They'll have no. the artist and the song that's playing. That oh my god, that's so huge! Yeah, that's amazing. It's it's astonishing that Apple hasn't come out with something like that because it's such a cool feature. That's an amazing feature, and it must be because they have IMDb. Oh, great call! They own IMDb. Yeah, so they can just tie all that stuff in through like an API or something. Look at you! That's exactly it. You cracked it. That's that's what you're exactly right. It's an API that they linked to their IMDb. Still, still smart, dude. It's and what a like for a nerd like me, like and you, like you're like who the fuck and all and it's not like pause Google, 
Yeah. It's a swipe and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a dude from that shitty whatever. And back and <laughs> boom. And you're right back in it. Yeah. Incredible feature. It is. Super cool. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I got to get, I gotta get Amazon, the Amazon Fire. Because we're, we're about to cut the cable here. Um, and I have to find, and every, you know, there are tons of strategies. Um, my biggest hurdle at this point is investigation discovery, which, um, I don't know how to bridge that gap. So, um, I have to tell you, I just watched, uh, it wasn't the first season of the show, but it was my first season. Uh huh. I just watched. A season of Homicide Hunter. Yeah. On Hulu. Yeah, yeah. It's on Hulu, <laughs> is it? So for those those people who aren't caught up with this, I've been like Tenant Joe Kenda. Yeah. yeah screaming <laughs> from the highest hill in town about this podcast called Homicide. Oh, it's a detective. 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 Yeah. yeah, this detective podcast. Which is amazing. It's like your oh your grandpa God. telling you stories of what it's like to be a homicide detective. And I will say the show isn't quite as good because it's it's not as distilled as the podcast is. He's not in control of it. He's not in control of it. It's Correct. a bunch of other people, but he still brings his personality and like these amazing one-liners like yes, you know, to yes, the show. Yes, it's the one-liners. Like, yeah. And I think- he'll look straight at the camera and be like, "If you were out there doing evil, <laughs> sooner or later, soon I'm coming for you." It's so <laughs> <laughs> and I think probably for me being a fan of the podcast first, yes, made me, me too. Yeah, because it makes I watched, me appreciate the show. More. If I watched the show, I'd be like, "All right," but now I'm like, "It's fucking Joe Kenda, man." I want to know the guy that they have. First of all, this guy who's like not really—I don't think—that great of an actor who plays him is kind of like this more like just straight laced guy. How much they have that guy smoking? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love. It's like it's, so, someone, somewhere someone told like a writer or producer for the show like, oh, when I used to work with Joe Kenda, that guy just smoked all the time. And they're like, all right, Jimmy. Guess what? And all these recreations, you just need to be smoking. Yeah, yeah, At yeah. least once a show. You and just need to be like puffing it up. And it's an easy way to up the period factor too, yes. right? Yeah. It makes it feel like 20 years ago for sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say this, though. Those recreations are really They're well done. They're really good. They're extremely well done. Yeah. Um, like, really good acting. They're shot really well. Like, very like the best, maybe... I'll I'll say they're the best recreations on that channel. And if... I, I, I watch that channel. That's all that's on at the house. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, we watch... We watch 48 Hours on Investigation Discovery. We watch... Um, Deadly Obsessions. We watch every like dumbass like <laughs> like the dumbass. this is this is Beth's thing. Like she, oh, she's all day, all night, all day, all night. Six like when she wakes up in the morning and she's just like getting ready for work or whatever. It's like I'll wake up, you know, and because she gets up before I do, and I'll wake up and roll over and look at the TV and there's like a gnarly like murder scene. It's like the first thing I see in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck are you? I'm like, this is how you start your day. She's like, death and murder, man. Death and murder. And I'm like, all right, man. I'm yeah, sure. Death and murder. Like yeah. and we fall asleep to it every night. Like right. it's our thing. Yeah. I've been, I was like, I would like call one up on the laptop and like 
be doing like cooking something, you know, like oh, that's a nice prepping yeah. vegetables and like doing all the mise en place, like while watching Joe Kenda like crack this case, and you know, I, it's it's amazing because he has such a like he solved something crazy like 346 homicide cases solved in his career. He only like didn't solve three or something like that it's in like his three entire or four. career. Um, and he and he loves to say how they still keep him awake. Yeah, <laughs> still stick in his craw. Yeah. Which is just unbelievable. So the the amount of stuff that they have to pull from, and you know they're only picking like the weirdest cases that have. They always have these like weird, shocking like, like Kyo says. There's like highs and lows in every case, where you're like yeah. making progress and you think you have this cracked, and then you realize you've just been chasing a red herring or going down a total yep. dead end. Yep. So, have you been googling? I'm sure you have um season two of detective or just trying to figure out when the hell it starts again well i saw him i follow him on twitter and he posted something saying that there was a new season coming soon <laughs> joe kent is just very active on twitter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's some inter- a- 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 and e or course, yeah, yeah. investigation discovery intern who's like but you you saw it coming soon yeah i did a while ago oh I- mama so um I can't wait because I've found little in my search. Oh, let me segue a little bit here, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Um, I want to talk about another podcast um, called Surprisingly Awesome. Oh, yeah. So um, this was um, something we talked about, like, you know, maybe – Hey, go check this out. We can talk about it. Is it. You want to talk about that maybe for a minute? Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, I've listened to probably seven or eight episodes, um, and I think it's fantastic, man. I think it's so interesting, and and I think it takes. Um, I'm not a. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, really. I, to be honest with you, I listen to kind of what you recommend, and I don't listen to like. I don't how did I just don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but um but <laughs> I know. Yeah. The the irony does not um is not lost. Um but the production value is enormously high. Oh yeah, for sure. Like they produce the shit out of that thing. Yeah, they do. Do you wanna take a step back and explain the premise of the podcast to people? Okay. So Adam McKay, um director, um He's a famous director. He was actually just nominated for an Academy Award for fucking... Or did he just win for The Big Short? Uh, See The Big Short? Could be. Well, the guy who... um... All right. Sorry. Yeah, because he was... So the guy who runs it... Who's he? Who's he? Who's that guy? Um, It's one of the guys from Planet Money who wrote... Was one of the authors of the book... The Big Short. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So there's an economist and basically like a filmmaker. Correct. And the prep, the basic premise of the podcast is one of them brings a topic each week, something like cockroaches or you know different concrete, things, concrete, um, free throws, and the whole premise is like. You have to convince the other person by the end of the podcast why this thing that you're bringing is surprisingly awesome. Yeah. And it pretty much never fails. (laughs) It doesn't. Yeah. 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 And yeah, like, 
Yeah, free throws. The free throws one is amazing. It's unbelievable. That one is is so good. Um, That's the one I usually tell people to start with if I'm trying to convince people. Like you, you need to go check this out. It's amazing. Yeah, that's it's the perfect one. So yeah, it, it's um, a story about okay. So and you, you'll have to forgive me because I forget like who is who in the in the conversation when they go back and forth. But one of the guys is trying to convince the other that um, free throws are. If you're not even a sports fan, they're an incredibly interesting, like, insight into psychology yeah. and in performance. And, like, some of the best basketball players in the world are terrible free throw sh- shooters. Yeah. Um, and they go through this whole path of, like, taking, like, he takes them, like, okay, we're going out to a basketball court and... and and he's like, well, the only experience I really have is like my dad kind of shaming me because I was terrible at basketball. He's like, this is actually an extremely uncomfortable experience right. for me. <laughs> so just to set the stage, I'm not super psyched to be here. Um, and they start shooting hoops and they start talking about it and they start like you get a feel for it. And it's like it's a head game. And they go all the way and they bring in like the worst free throw shooter ever. They bring in the best the guy who owns the record for free throw shooters, who, by the way, is a dairy farmer. Right. He's not a basketball isn't player. Isn't he like 67 years old at this point? That's exactly but right. They brought him in to do like to help Shaquille O'Neal. They brought him in to help Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, they, they talked to a famous basketball coach who was like, you know, I got to a point with one of my players where I was like, you know what? I think you're so distracted. He's like, we're just going to start practicing. We're going to line you up in your spot. And close your eyes. And his percentage improved by like 12 percentage points. When he was sh- he shot free throws with his eyes closed and his numbers went up. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It is amazing. So good. But the podcast is so great. And yeah. It's it, every episode is like that. Like they find the way to turn this whatever the subject is into this – and I mean, if you're curious and about the world in the way that we are, like, you know, that feeling that like anything as you start to unlock it and you learn more about it can be endlessly fascinating. Broccoli yeah. was another good one. Yeah. <laughs> like, like how can broccoli, broccoli be surprisingly awesome? awesome. Yeah. And it is like their, their story, like tells you, they go into a bunch of stuff that you would never fucking think about broccoli. Like really, really great great podcast and and they got the sweet spot of like i mean they're super listenable they're they're like they 30 minutes yeah 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 not like this podcast which oh, goes over Jesus 60 and christ shockingly unlistenable <laughs> shockingly yeah long wow yeah, i mean who, who could imagine <laughs> yeah. um so have you had a chance to check out this whiskey I have indeed. In fact, I nearly need to pour another. Well, T- help, help yourself. You this is um, this is like a kind of what I think is like could be a core or a staple whiskey in any sort of cabinet. This is more of like an everyday kind of drinking scotch because uh, it's a Balvenie Doublewood Twelve. So you can get pick this guy up for like on sale, probably forty five, like every day. You know, maybe somewhere in the fifties. Okay. 
Um, it's, it's a fabulous. really smooth, really yeah. nice. It's got like because of the double wood aging, it's got like kind of more complicated. Like you can taste a little Get sherry, this. a little oak. There's the second yeah. glass being poured. Um. So yeah, I, f- I feel like you know it's for how smooth it is because um, that double wood maturation. You know, it's a. It's a solid deal. First cask, many years of maturation, exclusively in traditional whiskey oak casks. Mellows the spirit, imparts gentle warming layers of vanilla spiciness. And the second cask, a further few months, interesting maturation, in European oak sherry casks, increases complexity, bringing fruity and honeyed depths to this single malt. Wow! So yeah. they go, yeah, they go many years in one, and then they just go a few months in the last one to finish it off. Yeah, it's interesting because oak and a sherry. For anyone who knows whiskey, like oak and like does impart such a, a like a very, especially when they do the charring or whatever. Oak has like such a, a very particular taste, but I, I find as someone who loves Scotch, sherry has like an equally particular taste, and when you put those two together, like. When I taste this, I honestly can taste both. Like I wasn't bullshitting. I didn't read that label before I just told you it's oak and sherry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and you can, yeah, you can absolutely pick up that sweetness. Yeah, just from drinking drinking those different and, and whiskeys. And God, the nose, like you can, it's right there. Yep. Smell honey the second you pick it up. Yeah, so I would say, you know, I my um, two favorite distilleries, like if you, you know, had to lock me down to two as far as scotch or whiskey goes for the rest of time would be the Balvany, just because I feel like they've got a lot of classic. They do like fairly innovative things where they're trying some stuff, but mostly in like still a pretty classic close to home kind of way. The Caribbean cask with the rum cask, I think is like really sweet. It's like a 14 year old. You can still get it for a pretty reasonable price. This one, um, you know, all their stuff across the board is pretty solid. Uh, the other one, that I really love is um, uh, the Brook Laddick or the the Laddie Brook Laddie. Okay. Um, I think they're doing more kind of innovative, interesting stuff. Um, you know, they they were one of the first people to try organic and to do trust, just try all these different really really interesting things huh. um, with the distilling. So I'd say they're like pushing the bounds of what's possible in distilling. So those two, uh, the Brook Laddick and the Balvany, those are the my two probably favorites of the moment at least killer yeah this thing is fantastic i love it love it what's um what else you got cooking so i i gotta tell you about this um documentary that i saw yesterday actually last night less than 24 hours ago on the plane oh do tell um it is called mcqueen and lamar oh my god do you know about this yes have you seen it no oh my god where did, did you see it? Because I've is it? I watched it on the plane, like on the little on demand. Okay, okay, thing okay. Or whatever, uh, which maybe wasn't the best way to see it, but I was Who gives in, a shit. You're on a plane. I was on a you know the screen that was this big. Yeah, right. And the one that I was on, I was on one of the newer planes with one of the nicer screens, so it was like a 12 inch screen. Um. So yeah, I was scrolling through, and I was like a little bit like oh, I'm not sure that this is what I'm in the mood for, and then I started, and immediately was like totally sucked in seriously so uh so for those who don't know like there are a lot there are a lot of actors who have sort of had like 
a passing fling or an interest in racing. Um, you know, Paul Newman did some racing and there are some other actors who've done some shit with racing. <clears throat> and I think they're often kind of regarded as sort of like, yeah, like you're a rich, famous guy and you do something with racing. Like you're a little bit of a dilettante. Yes. Um, McQueen did Sebring, which is like the American version of Le Mans in a Porsche 918. Um, this was like one of his first races. He came in second. What? You know who beat him? And who just barely beat him? Who? Mario Andretti. Cut the shit. He almost beat. It was like neck and neck. He almost beat Mario Andretti. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Jesus. Fucking Steve McQueen. Yeah. So this whole film is just about like, it's amazing because evidently like they shot a million feet of film. What? And it was like, like the height of his popularity. He's the most popular film star in the world. Yeah. He starts his own studio and film production company uh, in partnership. He gets a deal where they're going to – they give him like $8 million to go – and this is like in the 70s. What? $8 million to go film his own film. <laughs> he <laughs> goes to Le Mans before the 24 hours of Le Mans and everyone's like, is he going to race? Because he just like shocked the world with this thing at Sebring. So like the next race everyone goes to is Le Mans. Right, yeah. Um, like, is he going to race in Le Mans? He's got this Porsche 918. Like, it, you know, almost took this Ferrari down. Like, is he going to do this? And the insurance company for the film wouldn't let him. Because if he got in an accident, this is like, they interview one of the drivers um, who ended up, like, shooting, racing in the film. And he was like, you know, this guy was flying around going to all the races. He was like, at all, like nearly every race that I was at, at least one person died if not two people. So this was a time in these cars, like you're going 200 miles an hour and there's like almost no safety features. Oh, and it's all just this like really thin metal. So when the car crashes, it splits apart and it's just like, you're in a cage. Well, not maybe. uh, No, I don't even think there was a cage. Oh my God. And it's just all this, like, it's basically like the whole car just turns into a giant pack of knives and you just like cut, (gasps) cut to shit. Oh my God. So, um, extremely dangerous. So they were like, you can't, we're not going to back this film as an insurance company. If you're also going to race in this race, we just gave you $8 million. Right. So he was like to him, the film was more important. And as he was like pitching this in Hollywood, there was a, film with james garner called grand prix that came out that was like yes i a, love that movie a super like shitty it's terrible it's, yeah it's like, so bad and he was so pissed off like they said he was so pissed off like at the time it came out he was living in an apartment above james garner and every night he would open his window and piss all over <laughs> james garner's flowers <laughs> Because he was so, he was like, James Garner sucks, you pissed man. on my film. I'm going to piss on your flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So, anyways, so what it is, is like to this, basically he had this vision of like, as someone who's like a race, like an actual race car driver, like I want to make this film. We're going to mount cameras in this like really innovative way on the car. They had a guy drive in the 24 hours of Le Mans. And basically, we're like, we're going to mount three film cameras on your car, and oh. we're going to record the whole race. So they actually have all this footage from the 24-hour of Le Mans from that year that's the actual on-race footage of, like, 
and they're shooting it at 200 miles an hour. So all the film that you have is like, it is like, um, like an homage to like racing verite basically. Oh my God. So anyways, this whole documentary is about like this, his love affair with racing and his like crazy vision to make this film that actually had no script. Right. Um, for most of the time they were shooting it, which you can imagine how oh that my turned God, what out. A nightmare. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, and this has turned into a cult film with like people that are really into racing, like in yeah, recent years, like people love this film as far as like, if you don't love racing and you're just looking for like, Oh, I want to check out all the Steve McQueen films. Like it's probably not. Le Mans, you. you mean? Yeah. Le Mans. It's terrible. Cause it's as a film, it's not very good. As, oh, it's as like terrible. a racing for, film for, for, yeah. for car, like, yeah, for, for racing for footage. like gearheads. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So anyways, this documentary is fascinating because you just learn all this stuff about this guy. Like he kind of grew up in the middle of nowhere in Missouri, you know, and he, he's like affected that upbringing sort of affected the whole way he approached Hollywood in this really fascinating way and the way he moved through that world. They get into this. Yeah. 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 yeah you cool. learn a lot about him as a person. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just saw it recently. Who know who knows where, but um it's well worth watching. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm definitely definitely going to check that out. I'm psyched to see that I one. I mean, especially they so <laughs> I I don't want to give too much away about it, but like so basically what they did was they hired all the drivers from the 24-hour of Le Mans race to basically recreate it with this character, these two characters into it. So like right. all the drivers right, right. are real except for McQueen and this other guy who was a German actor. Right. And all these guys, they were just driving like, you know, they were getting paid $200 a day and they were like, Steve McQueen gave us all Porsche 911s to drive around town in, <laughs> you know, and we're getting paid $200 a day. And like this one guy that I was talking about was like, Steve gave me his private plane so I could fly to other races. Like when I like, and still fit in other races, like as a driver it's killing and all deal. this stuff. And it's just like, it's yeah. Unreal. So fucking dangerous what they were doing. It was even more dangerous than racing because they were having to like recreate these things at 200 miles an hour, according to a script. And they, he, they would have them shoot them like two or three times in a row. Oh, and these cars were like really temperamental. Oh, you know, God, yeah. At, especially at the time, like, I mean, formula one cars now are, and these 24 hour Le Mans cars are like really like finicky. And, te- but like right. back then they were even more so because it was all, imagine. There wasn't any modern tech. Like, no one was in a pit with a computer doing diagnostics. <laughs> no. You know? No. Like, no. They, they, didn't, they didn't even know what was happening when people were on the back half of the track. Right. You know, they just wait to see what happens when they came back around. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, good one. All right. Glad to hear that's that's worth the watch. Nice. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Let me ask you this. Would you be willing... To talk about it, I've only seen one episode. So if you want to hold off talking about it, I'd be cool with it. But um, I think our last podcast we talked about eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah. Um, and I took you up on uh, obviously I took up your recommendation, and Beth and I were riveted <laughs> immediately. Right. Locked. Right. 
Dude, so it, let me before we get into it, like, should we hold off and because I'm we're about to like binge watch the whole thing. You should watch the whole thing. All right, it's it. I, I will. I will. This is all I'll say about it. It's extremely solid the whole way through. Yeah, and Beth will love it. Yeah, because the love story part of it, she's just gonna go ape shit for. Oh, great. Okay, good. Yeah, you can see. I mean, yeah, that's pretty obvious. That's about to get served up. Yeah. Um but. Um, yeah, man, I'm psyched to watch that. That's another, thanks for the tip, that thing. Um, and, you know, the opening episode is so great, because what, uh, I, I didn't know, you know, I, I, I really had no background on it, and super cool concept. Yeah, it is. It's right? It's really cool. It's really well done, I have yeah. to say, all oh, the man. way through. So, I, I have to imagine of all the stuff that they've made out of Stephen King stuff, like, you must look at this and be like, this is one of, if not the top things. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And it really feels like him, too. Like, I may have even watched part of the second episode, and it really feels like Stephen King. Like, you can. For sure. Like, very much. And J.J. Abrams, too. You oh, know? yeah. It very. Yeah, J.J. Can... Abrams obviously does a. You know, the reason. One of the reasons why it's so great is because it's J.J. Abrams doing it. I mean, period stuff. He's amazing. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's amazing for a million reasons, but, like, period stuff, he kills. Um, yeah, I'm psyched to watch that. Oh, and the other one, um, that again, I've only seen episode of, but it's fucking hysterical is casual. It's really oh, good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. So you're all about the Hulu originals now. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, you got me yeah. on them yeah, and, yeah. um, I don't have a lot of time to be watching, but like speaking of the Hulu originals, I just started watching the one, the, um, the cult one. It's oh, have, so did you? obviously based on Scientology. Right, yeah. But, oh, man, it's good. Is it really? It's really good. No shit. Um, Aaron Paul's in it, but the person who's like... Yes, Aaron Paul. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The person who is the stealing the show is uh, Hugh Dancy from Hannibal. Oh. Who plays the Will Graham sort of yeah, detective yeah. character on Hannibal. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's like the... Um, oh God, it's so obviously about Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. Really? They like try to deflect it by saying like, you know, they make reference to Scientology as like a rival thing. Um, but oh my God, it's so obviously Scientology and which just makes it like that much more fascinating and interesting to me. (laughs) Um, but you know, similar to Scientology, you know, um, who, what was the HBO documentary? Coming clear, Coming clear, going clear, going clear, going clear. You know, there's the guy, David Mus- Muscovich or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It's Hugh Dancy plays that guy. Like okay. the guy who's taking over the um, day-to-day, like mm-hmm. while the master is like off in Mexico, like writing the next version of the, the next, like they have Dianetics. this thing called The Ladder. Where okay, everyone's yeah. climbing the ladder, so he's writing like the final oh, so God, three that, three steps of the ladder. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's a pretty oh my oh my god! Yeah, yeah. There's like no doubt. <laughs> okay, yeah. But um, oh god, it's so good. Wow. Uh, because it's mostly it's the way they set up masterfully set up the character dynamics. Like you're just instantly sucked into the drama, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see how like what happens and how this unfolds really? because. It's it's just yeah, it's fascinating. Oh god, good. That sounds like another one Beth would like too. Yeah. But she would love that. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, Is that um probably for one first it's, season? Yep, yeah, I think it's like they're they're they 
put out the first two episodes right away. Like it's the episodes are still coming out in real time. Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay. I think like the third episode just maybe came out a few days ago. Yep. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 God, this fucking so much to watch, man. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, crazy times. Oh man, I got a sabbatical just for TV, just for fucking television, right? Yeah. I. I mean, luckily. The AMC shows tend to like come in fits and starts at this point. Although they seem like they, between them and HBO, like they're trying to up the game and come out with stuff faster. Like I yeah. think they're, you can tell they're kind of feeling the pressure maybe a little bit. Yeah, because um, hopefully Better Call Saul's about to start here soon. Well, it's already it's going season two. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Seriously? Yeah, we're like seven episodes in. Bullshit. Yeah, no, no, I'm not bullshitting you. Motherfucker. See, this is so crazy. Like, I was having this conversation with somebody today. It's like, you know, there used to be, like, five shows. You can watch fucking... If even. You can watch Cheers. You can watch fucking Michael J. Fox and whatever the fuck that thing. Like, Family Ties. You can watch... You know what I mean? Like, and it's like... Okay, it's Tuesday night, and then the next day it's like, oh, did you watch Family Ties? Yeah, Valerie's hot. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Or whatever. And, and then there was that's... maybe, yeah, two, like three to four shows a week. And you ended up watching a lot of crap because there's just nothing else on. Yeah. Yeah. You watch, you're watching. Same thing on HBO. Served? Same thing on HBO, like, not that long ago. I felt like I watched Entourage because there was, like, it was like, there's, Entourage yeah. is not a good show. Terrible. But you watched it because you were like, oh, well, I just watched The Wire and now this is on. So, <laughs> Or I just watched Sopranos. I and watched now, The Sopranos. Yeah, now this is on. It's only half an hour, so fuck it. Like, yep. you know, they yep. just got me based on sheer lack of momentum to like get up <laughs> off my ass on a Sunday night and like want to deal with the fact that work starts. Exactly, yeah. So you got me. and you, But not the case any longer. Now no. we're just... No, if something sucks, like I will bail on it immediately. Audi, for sure. Audi, the one that I keep like, you're you've recommended fucking a hundred times, and I still, and I keep hearing it from other places. Not that I need your opinion to be backed up, but it's just still there, and I know I'm gonna love it, and I gotta I gotta get it in there as Vikings. Yeah. I that thing I'm dying to watch. I, I wouldn't necessarily watch that one with Beth. No, she'll yeah. hate it. She, there's no chance of her watching that. Um which again is why it's tough to fit in, you know. Um I'm trying to get her to to get up on Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm really? Like, just start like I to, thought for sure she would be into yeah, that. Is I it know. too intricate? A, a little bit. Yeah, cuz she's going to play solitaire. Oh right, on her phone. Yeah, yeah, that's a little harder to and do. Like, with that and like, and when an entire like you know entire sequence is shifted with one look, right? Of like nobody says you did wrong by me. Like right. that's where she does well. She's yeah. great in that space, right? You know, <laughs> but if there's like you know something belied by like and it's like a one second cut to something right like it's complex storytelling it is yeah um that's 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 not gonna work for her right who's, who's that again and plus a number of characters you know right especially there on that show there are like a couple different characters that look alike 
That too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're like, wait, is that Rob Stark or is that the Greyjoy or who? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's scruffy. He's got a lot of yeah. is that armor or Jon Snow or Rob Stark or the Greyjoy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm stoked for for that next one. Well, we're about to enter the first time where. No one knows what happened. Yes, right. Like, exactly. It, it doesn't matter whether you read the books. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be like, I know everything's going to happen. I know all the side stories and the backstory and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Yeah, nope. No one knows where the second se- this next season goes. So how does that work? Like, did he – because I know, I mean, I, re- I remember just seeing, like, in the news, like, him talking about, like, you know, fuck the deadlines. The book will be done when it's done. Right. But how does that work with the series? Like, do they? The, well, they gave he basically gave them an outline of the rest of the story, okay. and it was in his contract that they they had the okay to press forward beyond the books, and that the books when they came out would have obviously more material and more. There's, you know, you're going to see things in the books that you're not seeing on the show, but, as always. Yeah, um, and has been the case through the entire series. Um, sure. Yep. Um, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, actually some of my favorite stuff in the books is all the stuff that happens back in the Greyjoy, the iron isles homeland. And you don't see any of that shit. Yeah. On okay. The show. Right. Or like you see 10 minutes of it. He goes home and his dad pisses all over him and tells him he's like a fucking pussy. Yeah. 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 Goes back right. That's system. what happens in the yeah. show. Um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't involve, him being back there that's like um where there's like a power vacuum and this thing that they call the king's moot where it's one of his sisters and two of his uncles are basically vying for control of like the the iron isles and all this stuff and it's really good okay part of like you know someone should they should what they should do is pull secondary directors in from hbo and have them make like spinoff oh, sort God. of like in between seasons do these like side sort of things from the books like yeah the, the book fans and other people just die for those things same way that they you know they've been doing that kind of shit with the walking dead a little bit so yeah and i'd be curious to see the numbers on how that is but people like it um i mean there's such a huge appetite for it that show is so popular i mean and this season's fucking terrible um but the Walking Dead season? Yeah, it's a bummer. Really? I, I yeah. actually enjoyed it. Come on. Compared to last season? Wait, are you talking about the second half of this season? Or the... Oh, for fuck's sake. I think this has been the best season by far. Oh, no. The season <laughs> the season where they were like... You're talking about the prison with the governor? That's the one you're talking no, about? That no, you no, like? no, no, no. That, no, the one after that, and maybe even two after that, where they like made their way where they would spend an entire episode with like um oh god I'll never remember their the character names now which is awful um uh with like whoever the one episode that sticks out that you'll remember this by is when they have the two little girls oh yeah that are about to and they got to deal with them yeah you're talking about the the season that was the season where they found the and they, the town that was like oh, they kept following signs the railroad tracks yeah the railroad the, and they yeah. got locked in and they yep. were butchering people yeah. and they had to fight their and way out of Carol it. Carol comes back and saves them. Carol yeah. come 
that was the best season. Yeah. I actually think this season is better than that season. I gotta huh. say, all just like the sheer scale of some of the stuff they've done this well, season with like the thousands of walkers that break out of the quarry and that all shit's that shit. Super killer. Yeah. The very first part of this of this season was yeah. better than the second half. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Although I have to say, have you seen the whole season? Um have you seen the finale? Dude, I fell asleep. Are you serious? The end the end part of the finale where they introduced the Negan character was awesome. Okay, yeah, I so mean, he's like the hilltop the, uh, shit or something? It's it's a little different. All right, you, you should you should watch it. But I, d- I do need they got to a watch lot it, of yeah. flack for it. they did a cop out thing where they did sort of a fade away thing at the end instead of revealing like well they've gotten a lot of flack for that this yeah. part of the season like with the episode prior where there was a an action scene like it ends with a massive cliffhanger where the lens is splattered with yeah. blood yeah they need to stop um, sacrificing like quality storytelling for ratings absolutely yeah because yeah that's what everyone's giving them shit about is like oh you just did this so that you have big ratings it's not like people if you just tell an amazing story people are going to tune in for the launch anyway come on that you don't need to you're not like, gaining pull, new pull some sort of viewers. fucking trick yeah totally totally anyway anyway i i think i've i've been pleasant i've been pleased with that that show has gotten better as this progressed because it te- show you know 90 percent of shows the arc is the other way starts off strong and then like every fucking what's his name the, the howard gordon who produces yeah. 24 and oh that yeah. was the thing with claire dane homeland like every show he's ever done starts off strong and just starts to go steadily oh i'll down, agree with that downhill absolutely um, agree with that yeah so it's very few shows that like get better and better like as they lock <laughs> that in first season oh my god the first season was unwatchable Dude, trash they blew, they'd spent 90 percent of the they budget almost ruined the entire thing on the first episode and then the rest of it was like in a studio in their like locked down underground in the cdc or something yeah right i mean it, it was, was so bad terrible so oh my bad. god i i totally like just blacked that cdc thing out of my mind because it was so dumb <laughs> it made it no sense whatsoever absurd. it felt like it felt like star trek People like, ended up watching that show in spite of that first season. The second season was also just like oh, hot garbage, really bad. And then by the third season, like they finally started to figure it out a little bit. Still not very good. Fourth season, like it kind of started to catch a little bit. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, yep. There's no sign of it slowing down either, man. Oh no, that fucker is gonna. I mean, roll. Yeah, Roll. They're, they're at the point they're at right now. They're at the hundredth issue of the comic, right? Which, which is crazy to, to think. Anyway, like how many comics make it to a hundred issues? I know. And still have like a really loyal fan base. So the comic is way beyond that. Oh yeah. At this yeah. point, like they have enough. And granted, they've strayed from the comic pretty seriously. Yeah. There's still a lot of inspiration and material. Oh, a ton. there that exists to pull from. Yep. Um, so yeah. And there's a lot of speculation on there's, we know who dies in the hundredth issue of the comic at the hands of the Negan character. So there's been a lot of people who are like, well, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I don't know comic, that. I haven't yeah. read that. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna say anything. But, well, thank you. Yeah, um, I'll let, let you. <laughs> yeah, find thanks. out for yourself. Does that happen in this last episode? Um, some we know. Some, we know someone dies. Sir. Yeah. Oh, so for fuck's sake, of, they do that again. One of the core people, but you don't see who it is. Motherfucker. So yeah, I I think they're. It'll be interesting to see if they respond to the fan criticism by like. Just stopping that shit. I yeah. hope they do. I, I would imagine they, they they're pretty astute that way. It feels like they lost my faith a little bit with like the Glenn and the dumpster thing, dude. It's that was like, a bummer. Come on, come on, like, right? Yeah, like uh, yeah, that was that was some bullshit. That was some bullshit. Like that's just like Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, that's some horse shit. Hey, listen, I want to break out something here for you. All right. I got one of my favorite, actually my absolute top favorite uh, gas station snack. All right. That I'm I want excited. You, I want you to check out here. <laughs> I'm excited. This is oh. the Munchies um, Doritos flavored. What? Yep. Nacho cheese flavored filling on golden toast crackers. So this is the this is the um the standard like cracker pack you remember when you were a kid when you get like the the orange cracker with the peanut butter in it. But these are like Doritos and stuff. This is Doritos flavored cheese in the cracker. Doritos flavored cheese. Yes, wow. sir. Yeah. So this is Doritos. Um, this is where I I actually buy these by the case. Are you serious? When I can find them, yeah. Mm. Mm. It's pretty good. <laughs> it in no way resembles anything like real food, but No. For for what it is, it's like It doesn't even taste like a Dorito. No. But All right. I'll be honest. What I should I should have had something. I've never to drink. Even heard of these before. No, no, no reason you should. Are these popular? No. In fact, they're somewhat difficult to find. Um, like if you, they're they're one of those things that are, like, when you want them, you can never find them. When I do find them, I usually just take the whole box and buy the whole box. Um. And do you know other people that eat these? Not a single soul. Wow. Not a single soul. How did you... What made you pick these up? Dude, I don't know. I I had these... Um, I don't know, man. I forget. Because this is not my type of shit. Like, I don't really... So... <laughs> oh, my God. Was it like on a shoot or something? It was not on a shoot. It was... Um. Oh, God. You know when it was? It was... This was it. We stopped, we were driving to Omaha, and stopped, Beth had to, she kept getting sick, and we stopped, and to get pregnancy tests at, at um, Walmart, or Walgreens, or wherever, on the side of the highway, I was like, you need some crackers, and I was in the cracker aisle, and nervous, because I'm like, holy shit, she might be pregnant, I need to eat something, because I'm a nervous eater. So I got her saltines, and next to them were these things. So I bought five packs of these, 
and I pounded them the whole drive down to Omaha and loved them. And, but you, to be honest with you, like what we need is something to drink with them because this, we're talking about a fucking dry cracker. Yeah. So do you, do you now associate these with like finding out that you were going to be a dad? You know what? I, and I didn't realize that until I'm just talking about it now, but yeah, I did like, that's probably like my fond, like association, um, association with them. Now that we're saying it, yeah, that must be, like, why I love, or part of it, I don't know, but, because I had, because I bought so many of them, I got enough to get down to Omaha, to Patty's house, where she took the test, and it was positive, and I was super psyched, and then still super nervous, and I just kept, just kept fucking nerve packing <laughs> these things into my fucking mouth, like, oh my god. God, holy shit, we're going to have a baby. And um, they were delicious. I was waking up in the middle of the night and eating them. Like, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I was waking up at like, I'd wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning and open a pack of them and just fucking eat them. I remember I left like, just the garbage can in her bedroom was filled with wrappers of these fucking things. It's fucking delicious. So what's nice is, uh, as you look at the uh, nutrition information... You oh got my six, god! You got six crackers here for a total of two hundred calories. Yeah. Well, well so the, the calorie <laughs> thing is, isn't as isn't as astonishing as when you look at it's over twenty percent of your daily uh, allowance of saturated fat in this tiny package of crackers. It's basically like a bunch of fat with some nacho cheese flavoring. You could eat. Like, seriously, if you were hungry, you could eat five packs of these. No trans fat, though. No trans fat. No, man, no trans fat. Not that much sugar, I'm su- I'm surprised. But um, 340 milligrams of sodium. One gram of, <laughs> of dietary fiber. These things are so good. Got a little protein. Yeah, man. Wow. You know what I think about sometimes? They're not, they're, I mean, all things considered, with the exception of the saturated fat, which, like, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. They're not horrible for you. You could eat a, something a lot worse. You could eat something a lot worse. You know what I think about um, is uh, I love the prison shows, you know? Um, like, fucking, you know. Orange Ex- is the New Black? Extreme. No, I fucking oh, like, hate that show. Oh, okay. Like, um, Good. I, that show's terrible. I oh, think. God, it's a bummer. I don't know why. Everyone loves that show. It's like it's a universal thing. Like, everyone just assumes that you love it, so they try to talk to you about it. Yeah, I'm it's like, terrible. I fucking hate that it's, show. It's never been good for yeah. one minute. Because I've tried. I think um, Genji Kohan is like the... Not quite at like the John Favreau showrunners, but like <laughs> I think people should stop letting her make TV shows. Um, yeah, Weeds was... I, I liked... That show got so bad towards the end, though. It, terrible. Oh, my God. Terrible, terrible. 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 But the first four seasons were great. Yeah. I'm a huge Mary Louise Parker fan. Enormous. Got it. So, you know. You're, so you're cutting her a little slack. Maybe a little more than you should because of Mary Louise Parker. I, I would, I'll, I'll come clean, yeah. Um, but her shit is fucking weak, man. She she ain't got shit. Um, all right. So speaking of your favorite filmmaker, he um, 
is making another fucking movie. He's making. I, I refuse to go see that Jungle Book movie. Jungle Book because of him. Jungle Book. I I my kids will never see that movie <laughs> because of him. I'm serious. It's all CG. It's all with like CG a real, with yeah. like one actor on a green screen. Like what he, a he probably nightmare. never even showed up to the set. Oh, gross. I didn't even think of that. You're he, totally right. He just sat in a hotel room and probably ate these fucking Dorito-flavored <laughs> munchie crackers. And <laughs> and an assistant would show up with a computer and just, like, Dailies. play some shit for him. He'd be like, hmm, I think maybe that tiger should maybe pounce a little bit farther. Because what's go, happening they go make set, Nothing. Yeah. There is no set. Well, there is a set, but, like, oh, my God. I never even thought of that. You're totally right. Jesus Christ. I mean, literally any human being, like a fourth grader could have made that film. Oh, for fuck's sake. What was I talking about, though? Oh, I want to ask you about this. What do you think? Because <laughs> we were talking about shitty food um, and prison shows, like Extreme Lockdown or Lockdown. Oh, yeah. Like, love. I love that shit. Because it all takes me back to, like... When you were in prison? Yeah, man. Yeah. When I was <laughs> doing hard time. Yep, yep. No, but it takes me back to like, you know, like, um, Eddie Bunker books. Right. Um, it takes me back to like Slim. Uh, who's that pimp? Um, God, I can't believe I'm blanking on this now. But I, I had this whole period of like real criminal. Like writers, like criminals that were right, authors, like, like actual, yes, uh, as opposed to people writing about criminals. Like it's like the rap version of you know, correct? Yeah, like I was actually a criminal, or I was actually a detective, or whatever. Yeah, you know, there's very few people who are actually criminals that then turned into be, be writers. Yes, exactly. And I was, and it's a super fond like period of like reading in my life, and I remember that. So now, when I should be finding other versions of that type of novel, instead what I do is I turn on fucking behind fucking locked bars, 48 hours, extreme edition, you know, when the fucking yeah. things clink. But the point I wanted to make is you look at dudes, they're in there. Now, granted, all they have to do is, like, lift weights all day, but they eat this Right. This is what they eat. They eat this. They eat fucking ramen noodles mixed with spaghetti wrapped in... I mean, we've had prison food, you and I together. Yes, we have. We had spaghetti like served to us by prisoners in a fucking prison. Yes, we did. And it was barely edible. Barely edible. Um, And I'll never... Yeah, the guy who like took us on, like who was our chaperone, um, he had like I sat next to him at lunch, and it was like the tray, the compartmentalized tray with like the slop of spaghetti, with you know tomato sauce, and he's like, yeah, "Hey man, free lunch," and and I was like, "Yeah, dude, fuck yeah, man, free lunch," um. And he ate that every day, and he had a stack. He ate six slices of white bread. No, he he was basically saying, 
he said to us like basically that it was one of the perks of the job that you would, right. could come in here for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you never had to buy your own meals. Right. So this guy is willingly eating this food. That's what. Yeah. You know, many times a day, and seeing it as like one of the perks of the job. Yep. Oh God. I guess. I mean, yeah. It's funny you mention that because it goes right along with what I'm thinking. I'm like. Like, that's what you eat in prison. These guys are enormous. Yeah. They are, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, jacked, huge muscles. How do you get... How does that happen when you're eating ramen noodles all day? Good question. I think it's... a really good question. I don't know. It's got to be a combination of genetics and, yeah, just lifting. All day long. But the thing is... The thing that's so crazy about that is when... When you lift like that, when you work out like that, you're just ravenously hungry. And it's not like they have access to food all day. That's right. Unless they're like spending a bunch of money at the commissary on fucking creatine and protein <laughs> shakes or something. You know, right. Which I can't imagine. They're not going to promote people getting huge. No. Any more than they already can, you know? Right. Like they're not looking to turn these people into fucking <laughs> monsters. So yeah, it's like, where are they getting all the protein to, it's gotta be genetics. So, like a lot of it. If you're, yeah, because I mean, obviously not every dude in prison is jacked like that. It's just, you know, guys that normally would be, I don't, I, I, I or no they're somehow getting idea. steroids Yeah, inside that prison. I have no idea how I got on this fucking tangent. I don't know. I guess I'm equating my favorite snack food with prison food really is what yeah. I'm doing, but. Sounds about right. For me, <laughs> for me, it smells fucking delicious. Yeah. Deliciousness. Yeah, that's your two associations, prison and being bad. <laughs> Not, uh, yep, there's there's an analogy to be made. But in, I don't mean that in a fucking bad way, but in some ways. All right. Well, Jesus, man. You got anything else before we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. This was fun. Yeah, good stuff. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, um, I didn't get a chance to talk about. I actually have a whole bunch of food stuff that I want to talk about, but I'll save it for really? next time. Okay. So yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you have any feedback for us, hit us up at, on Twitter at, at GLO podcast. Thanks very much as always to Kaya Fisher for the audio engineering assistance. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks everybody. See ya.